and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast. This is Carolina Toth speaking, and I am entirely glad to be able to introduce Jean Sue today, who is right now VP of Engineering at Range. But uh, before that, she was an engineering manager at Medium. And before that, she also worked at Google as an engineer. So she has quite a bit of experience to share with us today. I also had the distinct pleasure of talking to Jean at a conference called Stretch a few months ago. It was also online because we are in a pandemic. So welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And please uh, let me ask you to start by introducing yourself. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think you covered the basics. I'm currently VP of Engineering at Range. And right before I joined Range, I spent a few years after Medium coaching engineering leaders. So I, I kind of took a break from the typical, you know, eng, eng manager jobs and um, did coach training, co- uh, built up a coaching business, and then partnered with someone to build up a leadership development business for engineers. So he ran workshops and trainings around building alignment, you know, what are the foundations of effective tech leadership. And then last year during the pandemic, I realized I really missed working on teams and uh, ended up at Range working with some of my um, former colleagues from Medium. So I'm just thrilled to be there now. Thank you. Could you also tell us a bit about your passions and, and what you're interested in in your free time, perhaps? Oh, well, I don't have a lot of free time right now because I have two kids. They're um, five and seven. They're definitely, it's been rough in the pandemic. I mean, they haven't been in school in over a year, but I co-parent with their dad and they have this whole pod set up with two sets of divorced parents. So they kind of rotate through the houses and we pop them in and out of the houses. So that makes it all more manageable. But Outside of pandemics, I really love playing Ultimate Frisbee. So I usually, usually usually find me on the weekends out at a pickup game nearby or, um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so let's jump right in and um, share with our audience about the topic that we prepared today. We will be talking about remote meetings, managing remote meetings, managing meeting loads, and just generally um, the fact that we are all in remote meetings most of the time these days. Let's jump right in and talk about, well, how should I phrase this? The problem with a lot of remote meetings? Like, what is the thing that we're all feeling right now? You probably heard this phrase, Zoom fatigue. Like, people are exhausted of just, like, being, I mean, you don't even get, like, you know, when you're in an office, you have back-to-back meetings. You get to walk. You get to, uh, you get to like greet people in the hallway. You know, you get that beginning of meeting and end of meeting chit chat. You get a change of scenery, right? Even if you're in meetings back-to-back in an office, it just—I don't know—somehow it just feels less exhausting than just being in your chair. And and I think people kind of pack them in, right? Because you don't have travel time. You don't have 
I mean, not just in an office travel time, but if you have external meetings, you kind of get that like little bit of travel time. So I think what I'm hearing is that people are really feeling exhausted with meetings. And then the additional thing is I ran a Twitter poll and like, I was surprised to hear like 60% of people say they have more meetings than they had pre-pandemic and asking a few people, it makes sense because, you know, you don't get that casual, like, oh, I have a question. I'll just pop by your desk and ask it. You have to say, hey, can I schedule, you know, half an hour with you to, to sync up on this thing? And so all those casual things, I think, naturally are becoming meetings because people are not finding easy, like asynchronous ways to get what they need from each other. And so all those like lunchtime conversations, I'll find this person at lunch, or I'll find this person at their desk, all those things are becoming meetings. So I think not only are remote meetings just more tiring, I mean, we're just like staring at each other and, and you're also staring at yourself, right? Sometimes you can see yourself on the Zoom calls too, which is very unnatural. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think those are some of the things that come to mind. I think it's just very tiring and people also are not having good work life boundaries of like, okay, now I get the commute home. I mean, I personally love not having a commute, but I can definitely, I get the, I think when my kids come home, it's like, that's kind of the boundary switch. So I don't just end up working till like eight or nine at night. But I think that can be problematic, too. People are just in meetings all day and then working really late. Yeah, as, as a single person living alone, I can definitely <laughs> testify. That, yeah, what time is it there, Carolina? <laughs> uh, yeah, right now it's only 6.14 p.m. Okay. But you are on my bed um, as, as we, are, we are in my bedroom right now. So anyway, yeah. I don't know if we can make a differentiation between offline and online meetings just now, even though we've been in the pandemic for a year, can you see that there is an optimal number of meetings for the online world or if there was an optimal number of meetings for the offline world and it hasn't changed or it has changed? What's your stance on that? Yeah, I don't think there's an answer like four, right? Like four per day. But um, I think it really depends on the person and it also depends on how you set up your meetings, right? So like a lot of my days, I've set it up so that I have a lot of meetings in the morning and then I always take an hour break for lunch so that I can, by always, I mean, I really try hard to block that out, but sometimes I'm not successful. Um, so I'll have a lunch and go for a walk outside. And then in the afternoon, sometimes I'll have a few meetings, but I try to block that out as focus time. And I know a lot of the engineers on the range team also try to block out their afternoons for focus time. We also have the idea of core hours because we have some people on the East Coast of the United States. So somewhere between like 10 and 2 Pacific time are our core hours. So I think it really depends on the individual and your role. So like, I, I just accept that I'm going to have way more meetings than someone who's an IC, right? Because I do a lot of external um, conversations, I do lead time chats. And so a lot of those, I feel like I have to, if I'm trying to get a meeting with someone, I kind of have to accommodate their schedule a little bit more than like, oh, like, we'll schedule if I really want to meet with someone, I'm not going to schedule a month out, right? Like, I'll take whatever they can give me. So it re I think it really depends on the role and the team. But I think there are, I'd say like one of the biggest shifts we've seen at range is 
getting people to feel agency over their schedule so that meetings aren't something that like happens to you, like they get put on your calendar and then you just have to show up, that you actually have control over like, hey, is it all right if we move this to another time? Or like I had a someone say, hey, can we move our one-on-one like an ha- a half hour later because there's like a dance class midday that I want to start going to. I'm like, good, like, great. I'm so happy you're taking care of yourself and going to a dance class in the middle of the day if that's what works for you. How awesome. Just really how awesome that that dance class really intrigued me too. Um, <laughs> with that said, a lot of our listeners are not ICs. They are tech leads mm. or engineering managers. How do you handle a large amount of meetings? What's your secret? I don't know if I have the solution because I've kind of been, I mean, especially in the last few weeks as we had a few outreach and some lead time chat intros, I feel like I personally haven't been great at managing my meeting load. And I think one of the realizations that came up for me is that all meetings are not the same, right? Like an internal meeting or a one-on-one with someone that I see every week, that is far less draining for me as an introvert than say getting introduced to someone new and meeting them for the first time. And so having those meetings not be, it's like meeting someone new who's like another VP of engineering, having those at like 4.30 PM on a Thursday or Friday is like, not good for me <laughs> because I kind of am like carrying that like, oh, I have to meet someone new. And this is, this depends, right? If you're an extrovert, maybe that feels energizing. It's like, oh, I'm going to close off my day with meeting someone new. But for me, I feel like I feel a bit of like, oh, I'm not sure how that's going to go. And of course it's always like afterwards, I'm like, oh, that was a wonderful conversation. But I just kind of, I guess what I've learned is not all meetings are the same. And so trying to debug your calendar of like, okay, what gives me energy? How do I want to feel at the end of the day? And honestly, I I moved a bunch of meetings like last week and the the week before that, just because of all the, you know, all the race stuff going on. And I found it useful just to have the afternoon available to like work from my bed. And which is, I don't know that that's a healthy coping mechanism because as you said, like mixing work and personal space is maybe not effective, but that's just like what I needed in that moment. So yeah, I think it really depends on the person, but I think recognizing that not all meetings are the same. So it's not just like how many meetings should I have per day and then treating them all as the same. Right. And what I'm hearing is that you really have to do like a self audit and figure out what really fits you. Yeah. Like I saw someone like, I forgot where I saw this, but someone was saying, oh, the context switching between one-on-ones and non-one-on-ones is hard. So you should just have one day of all one-on-ones. And I was like, I don't think that would work for me. Like, (laughs) I like having a few one-on-ones like in the mornings throughout the week. I also feel like that gives me a good pulse on like what's going on on the team on on different teams within the org. But for some people, that may work well. Um, So it really depends on the person. And there's a bunch of resources. Like Laura Hogan has a great defragging your calendar worksheet where you can kind of like systematically map out what are your recurring meetings, what are one-on-ones, what are team meetings, and then kind of like shuffle things around for something that works for you. Right. Now I'm starting to think we should really fragment our conversation 
depending on the kind of the meeting that we are talking about. And and maybe we can we can do that. That will be entirely up to us. But I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, definitely an online meeting. What makes it successful? How can we set ourselves up for success? Um, mm-hmm. Now that we've been here for a year, what are some things that you can share with us? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the major things is what doesn't need to be in that meeting, right? Like you want the meetings, the synchronous meeting time to be well used, right? And so what are the things you can take out of the meeting so people aren't sitting there in the meeting being like, this could have been an email, this could have been a Slack message, right? And so one useful guideline is like status updates, announcements. These are all things that can be pulled out of meetings and you can communicate them through asynchronous updates. So I know a lot of companies will use Loom, like they'll have their founders do like short video messages and then you can watch them whenever and leave comments. I think a lot of that stuff doesn't need to be in synchronous meeting time. And the synchronous meeting time can then be used for things that are a bit more sensitive, maybe a little bit controversial, things where you, or need collaboration, or you want to see people's reactions when you tell them something. So I think we kind of lean on meetings a bit too much. And a lot of that can be moved to asynchronous meetings. And then the synchronous, it's sorry, asynchronous updates. And then the synchronous time can be used to like, hey, did you read that? Do you have any reactions to it to talk about the stuff you sent um, asynchronously? Mm -hmm. So perhaps using async communications as the kind of foundation for organizing meetings. Is that right? Yeah, I think just really being intentional about the synchronous time because it is super valuable and especially across time zones like it's hard to get and it's and it's draining for people to be on meetings i mean especially when there's a lot going on at home I mean, some people have kids at home like it's way easier for me to to have someone's like sends me an email with some questions to respond to it's way easier for me to find a few minutes here and there to respond to it asynchronously than to find you know, even 15 or 30 minutes where I know I'm not going to be interrupted to get on a video call. All right. Sounds fair enough. I also agree that it's like the most valuable thing is to spend our time together. I think one of the things that people then when they spend time together, they try to do all the tactical business things. But one thing that we found at Range is like that time together is really well spent on team building. Um, so we we spend a lot of time doing like answering icebreaker questions and like one I think one yesterday or a few days ago was like what's your least favorite household chore and it was just really interesting to hear like like someone's like I love unloading the dishwasher and someone's like I hate unloading the dishwasher and I was like wow if we lived if we all lived together like we could all fit in the pieces of like what people like to do and it's just like it's just fun to hear those things and then we also spend time um optionally we have like social time where we play a lot of like silly drawing games online and it is a little bit counterintuitive because it feels like a lot of the best practice out there is like less meetings, spend less time in meetings. And so some of the social and team building stuff can feel like, well, that's more meetings, right? But we found that that is actually super important because you don't get the in-office social chit chat and 
lunchtime, coffee walks, those sorts of things. Yeah, as you were saying that uh, people tend to schedule more meetings, I mm -hmm. instantaneously thought, of course, because we don't meet each other as much. And perhaps it's not only for getting things done, it's also for feeling like we are still connected to each other in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And if I am hearing that correctly, then you say that we should really make a distinction between getting things done, meetings, and fun time gatherings within the company? Well, one thing we do is we, we run all our meetings through uh, the range meeting tool. And so you'll have a beginning section that's like the opening round. And so every we have a spinner and it spins and, and selects people to go at random and they'll answer a question. It may just be like, how are you doing? You know, a lot of times we'll do a, a green, yellow, red check-in. So it's just like, how are you feeling today? And then at the end of the meeting, we also have a closing round. And that's sometimes where we'll bring in the, the icebreakers that are just silly. Like what, you know, if, if you could choose any snack, what would you choose to have in your office or something like that? And so having those kind of to open and close the meetings, especially the opening one, research shows that if people speak at the beginning of meetings or they're, they're kind of like prompted to say something and they don't have to fight for it, then they're more willing to contribute to the rest of the meeting and bring something up. And that's also how we build our agenda for meetings. We go around the room or we use a spinner. We go around the, the virtual room and each person has a chance to add something to the agenda. So you, it, it creates a slightly different dynamic where it's like you have to pass to not bring anything up rather than you have to fight to get what you want to talk, talk about talked about. Wow. Okay, that's so much good stuff in there. First of all, it's <laughs> it's like really important to warm up your vocal cords and actually like instantaneously participate in the meeting. And second yeah. of all, I was just recently reading um, The Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson. She talks about psychological safety. And this is one of the things that she mentions that you should build an atmosphere in which it is harder to stay silent than it is to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And what you're explaining is is something like that. You you have to make a conscious choice to not say something. Yeah, right. And and even even the check-in is or the, the opening round is just like, you know, how are you doing? How are you showing up today? And so some people will just be like, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. I'm it's a little bit slow this morning. And that's it. But they just, you know, they say something. And um, one thing I realized in, in talking to some people about um, range and so range builds, the tool is asynchronous check ins that replace your daily stand up. And one of the things someone brought up was like, well, if we don't do the daily stand up, like the quiet people on the team, what are they going to say? Right? Like, like, it's a very good default thing to be like, oh, yesterday I did this, today I did this. But if everyone does that, it kind of becomes a crutch of like, hey, this is a way to get people to engage and participate in the meeting. But a lot of times those stand-ups are not super useful because people, it's just status updates, right? It's status updates. A lot of people are, are not particularly skilled at like sharing the right level of detail. And a lot of people then like zone out and like, oh, this is not really relevant to me. And then you miss the whole stand up and you're like, oh, what, <laughs> you know, what happened? And so the asynchronous check-ins create a 
um, you know, you can go back and read them whenever you want to know what's going on. So, and then, so then what do people actually say? Then you can have the check-in, the opening rounds or the closing rounds and have specific prompts of like one of the things we're, we're trying to prioritize is a team value of like time to value. So working more iteratively. And so one of our opening round questions is like, how are you doing today? And what's one way in the past week that you've prioritized time to value? And so it also kind of helps guide the team on like the things that we want to emphasize. How great. I just now started to think about, you know, like what's way, one way I was uh, making my time more valuable this week. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, just the prompts make you shift the, the team dynamic. And so it, it's fascinating how even these little prompts can really create and guide team culture and just the, the mood of the team. So you are definitely making an impact, even if you are maybe letting go of the general check-in rounds that is maybe not as exciting for everyone. <laughs> what are some of the challenges that you have encountered and what, what have you done to overcome these challenges with regards to meetings? Any kind of story that you would like to share with their listeners? One thing that comes to mind is recently... We had this Tuesday and Thursday product collab time, and it was at like 1 p.m. And I realized like every Tuesday and Thursday when I don't have external meetings, I'm like, I have the whole afternoon to do like heads down work, except this one meeting. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like right in the middle of my heads down time. And I decided to bring it up in one of the meetings as one of the agenda items. And I said, I realized this is kind of in the middle of my focus time. I don't know if that's just me or if it's, you know, if it's a really good time for everyone else, then like, I'll suck it up. Like, I'll just, I'll just go to the meeting and then go back to work. But I joined in the middle of the pandemic. I don't have any context as to why this meeting was at this time. And it turned out, I think the reason it was at that time was because earlier in the pandemic, someone had childcare responsibilities in the morning. And so we, we, they put it during that time and that wasn't relevant anymore. And so we just did a quick, like, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do an emoji poll on Slack. And so I was like, you know, would people prefer 10 a.m. PS uh, Pacific time or 11 a.m. Pacific time or the current time? And everyone preferred morning and it opened up like so much focus time for all the engineers, which was really awesome. Or I guess the learning there is really to question and iterate on everything like even the timing of like recurring meetings that have been at the same time for as long as you can remember there's a lot of momentum that or inertia of like oh it's just that way and this just goes back to the mindset of feeling like you have agency over your schedule and then when i was thinking about challenges i think there aren't that many like meeting challenges that i feel like i have because we're constantly iterating on the meetings so with the range meeting tool, we put like, you know, we might have opening round, review metrics, um, review top projects, and then we have the agenda building and discussion and then a closing round. And so if anything in there, we go through and we're like, oh, this doesn't feel quite right or we're missing out on that bug triage that we used to do, then uh, in the closing round, someone may bring it up and then take an action to add it. And so it's all very fluid and iterative. So we don't really get to the point where like the meetings are so bad that we're like, this meeting is, is so terrible. It's proving to be like a huge challenge. So 
I think that's kind of how we deal with it. And how it also is not personal. You're not like the meeting you ran wasn't very good. That feels like a kind of a personal attack, but it's more like jointly we work on this meeting. There it is on the screen. And like, what if we change this one bit of it? So it doesn't feel very personal at all, even though we have a facilitator and we rotate through facilitators. It feels almost like a shared code base or something that we are all contributing to. Right. I, I love that analogy um, <laughs> of the shared, shared code base. Like it's everybody's responsibility that the meeting goes well. It's never just the facility. Like the facilitator can do a, any kind of a dance if people don't want to participate it's not gonna be a good meeting with that said thank you for that iterate dearest listeners please always iterate it's not just for (laughs) software development it is for everything we talked about changing up the meeting schedule can you recall any specific meetings that you added to your calendar or to your calendars at range Mm -hmm. specifically because the pandemic pandemic happened I can't even spell it now so (laughs) specifically because the pandemic happened and because you perhaps weren't getting enough information or because you had some product uh, development issues or for whatever reason have you added any extra meetings Mm. so I don't know for sure because I joined mid-pandemic so I don't know what the in-office schedule was like but I'm guessing that the social times were added during the pandemic because maybe they did more social things in the office before I joined, but they're optional. And they're also, I think importantly, during office hours. So it's like right after lunch. It's not like a game night, which I think a lot of people are doing, but it is a bit exclusive of people who have evening responsibilities or just don't want to spend their evening non-work time with work people, right? right? We, we also added something to the end of our two-week cycle recap called Range Cribs, which is like people sign up and then they give people like a, a tour of where they live, which is kind of fun and something obviously you couldn't do in an office, right? It's kind of fun to see like people's pets and we saw someone's teenager's room and like it was so messy. It was hilarious. So stuff like that that just gives people a glimpse into like where do my coworkers live? Someone gave us a video tour of their neighborhood, which was really cool too. And just like kind of little peeks into people's lives if they want to share. I found that really fun. We did add, I mean, it's it's always a process, right? It's not like we always are trying to remove meetings. It's kind of like process. People are like, oh, I hate process. But everything's process, right? Like code reviews are process. Everything that makes everything work is process. But once people say, oh, I hate process. They just mean like, I don't like an overwhelming amount of process that I don't understand why we have it. And it feels like it's not helpful for me. It's helpful for like that person over there, right? And I think the same is true for meetings. Like you need to have some meetings to stay aligned and in sync, but you don't want to have so many. You don't want to have ones that are not useful. And so we recently... We have like a two-week cycle and we have a planning meeting at the beginning with our teams and then it's every other week. And then we realized that we were missing something mid-cycle. So we're just adding back something probably Tuesdays of the second week of like, hey, let's do some sort of planning on the first week and then some sort of mid-cycle check-in because it feels like there's something missing there. And 
I think the shape of that will like we'll probably experiment, get together, experiment, and then start to solidify what that looks like in the in the meeting tool. How awesome. So it sounds like a lot of experimentation, iteration, yeah. getting everybody's ideas in there. With that said, is there anything that you have noticed with regards to, for example, the frequency of your one-on-ones? Because I am guessing like if you were doing only monthly one-on-ones with people mm-hmm. before the pandemic, maybe you have thought about getting more one-on-ones or, or making sure that you get the information that you would otherwise get next to the coffee machine or at lunch or, or anything. So, so what's your stance on that? It seems pretty similar. I, I have either every other week one-on-ones that are probably a bit longer, like 45 minutes to an hour or weekly one-on-ones with people. And we'll probably start off, we usually start off weekly. And then at some point I'll check in and say, does this frequency work for you? Do you want to keep doing weekly or do you want to do bi-weekly? So it's kind of settled on whatever people feel like they need. And then I always let them know, like, if there's things that come up in between, like, feel free to reach out to me or sometimes I'll reach out to them and just, if I know they've been having like a rough week and just, you know, midweek be like, hey, how's your, how's your week going? Are you doing okay? That kind of fills in the gap of like the in-office, like check-ins. I know some people who will do remotely, they will check in either um, like on the phone or on Slack with the people they manage like every day just to have some touch point. But I do see, I think I see everyone on my team and we do the, we have the range check-ins, which has the green, yellow, or red mood with an emoji. So I can kind of get a sense of like, oh, this person's not struggling today or like, So I get that kind of ambient context that you would get in an office through the asynchronous check-ins and the range website. How awesome. This just came to my mind. I saw the icebreaker questions that you shared and (laughs) uh, they are amazing. So (laughs) dearest listeners, check out the range resources because there is some really good stuff in there. But let's go back to my questions because... I really want to ask you, we kind of touched on this, but to give our listeners and me some hard tips about how to decide when we should call a meeting or when we should make like an asynchronous page where people can comment or a, or a blog mm-hmm. post or, or a post or a Slack channel. How do you decide? Mm-hmm. I think the status updates and announcements is a pretty good guideline because a lot of stuff is status updates and announcements. So those things can go somewhere else. Yeah. And then for meetings, I think recurring touch points for teams is important. Things that need discussion or are a bit controversial, all those things can be brought up in meetings. And if you have meetings where there's an open agenda, like a lot of that stuff can go in there. It's not just my meeting I run it and I speak the whole time. And then someone else is like, oh, we didn't get to talk about this, right? Like if you have those kind of catch-all meetings where anyone can bring up anything and it gets touched on and moved forward, then that kind of covers a lot of ground for things that need discussion. But yeah, things that don't need discussion, or at least you can start off without the discussion. I feel like 
status updates. We use range. We use Loom. Loom is great for like demos. So like, hey, I'm working on this thing. I could use some feedback. Yeah. Just um, to get in touch with that, what kind of other tools can you recommend to our listeners? I mean, honestly, we use Google Docs a lot. For example, we've done like brainstorms that are a mix of synchronous and asynchronous. So we'll do like, we've had our PM kick off like, okay, here's a bunch of like, how might we questions? Um, we have a short meeting to review the doc and maybe put in a few. And then she's like, okay, you have like 48 hours. We'll meet again in two days and prioritize them, start prioritizing them together. And so in there, you kind of find some time to to go in and add your um, your ideas. And it's it's nice because I feel like in-person brainstorming forces you to be like creative in a 90-minute, like, okay, get in a room, now be creative, right? And this kind of lets people be like, oh, you know, in the morning, I think while my mind is fresh, I'm going to go do this thing. Or, okay, we talked about the how might me questions Now they're kind of spinning in my mind and things may get added over the course of those two days. So I find that it's actually much more inclusive. So I say Google Docs. We've also used slides, Google Slides for brainstorming because you can comment on the text. So you can like plus one people's ideas. We use Mural for our cycle recaps. So we'll create a board of like celebrating what happened in the last two weeks. People will add screenshots and then like reactions to the screenshots and then we have a corner that's like a gratitude corner where people will like put people's faces and then say what they're grateful for i'm trying to think of other tools that we've used i think that's most of them i love that i love the the gratitude thing <laughs> I, it's-, it's a little creepy because we started somehow i think maybe I, maybe i started this but like I was like, oh, I really want to thank this person. I'll just screenshot them in the meeting they're in right now and then like put it in there. So now it's like not a really safe space. Like you could be screenshotted and like put in at any, at any moment. All right. Yeah. All right. Works for me. <laughs> Dearest humans out there, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to make a screenshot of us if we are helping you at any point. So back to the meetings, you mentioned brainstorming and we talked about one-on-ones and we, we talked about like an emerging agenda for the meetings so people can mm-hmm. add their own thoughts and their topics. And maybe you won't like this question, but <laughs> what I can't imagine that everything works the same way that it would in the offline world. And I know that... Mm-hmm. Anything can work. You just have to kind of wrap your head around it in a different manner. But have you encountered any types of meetings that don't really come together in the online world? Or is that not a challenge that you come across? I think there are some. I've talked to people at some companies that are fully distributed, have been fully distributed for a long time. And... They seem to really rely on those occasional quarterly or every six months they meet up in person to talk, you know, do day-long strategy offsites, fun offsites. I mean, no one wants to do a full day fun offsite on Zoom, right? Like that's not gonna work. <laughs> so I feel like anything that's really long, like even half a day is long. A full day meeting is very doable. I mean, occasionally doable in person, you know, get the get some leadership team or get some cross-functional team, go do a workshop or 
um, sort of some offsite strategy alignment. I think that's a bit harder on Zoom because people just get tired. That's the main thing that comes to mind. So like day long. Yeah, I think one of the things I've noticed, I think, is that people doing remote now are kind of like, they're kind of taking what worked in an in-person world and then they've created some default in remote and then just have been writing that out. And then it feels like there's this like, well, we'll be back in office. So like, it's just good enough. I think for companies that are going to stay remote or even more difficult, go into a hybrid model. I think one of the things to figure out is like, how do you do change management? Like reorgs, right? Like reorgs are hard enough in person. How do you effectively communicate a reorg get people excited about their new teams. I mean, I guess one thing is you don't have to switch seating, which is always like seating charts are always like a nightmare, right? But those sorts of things, I think we just haven't been in the remote only for long enough that people have seen a lot of those iterations. Right. I really kind of got stuck with this. You said that, you know, these day-long kind of workshops don't really (laughs) work well when you're just sitting at the same desk on the same chair for eight hours straight. What's your suggestion? How do you do strategy of sites now? Or what are some of the ideas that we should ponder when it comes to one of those bigger meetings? I think it needs to be stretched out. And I think this is one of the challenges because to stretch out things, you need to be intentional about planning them. So rather than like, hey, let's get in a room for half an hour, like figure this out and then we'll have this outcome. Like, you need to be inclusive of people who are out that day or on a different time zone, right? And so like taking something that might've been a one day strategy day, maybe you have like an hour and a half one Friday and then you say, okay, here's the outcome. Can everyone take half an hour between this Friday and next Wednesday and fill in this stuff here? And then we'll meet again on Wednesday for half an hour or an hour to kind of organize this stuff. And so you kind of have to spread it out to manage people's energy levels. In some ways it's it's easier because you're not booking a venue, you're not you know you're not moving people off site. So if you schedule a two and a half hour exec meeting and then you're two hours in, it's a Friday, you know, Friday at 5 p.m. people are really not productive and contributing. Like be willing to call it and be like, you know, what should we schedule? How can we follow up? But I think it is hard because it is you have to plan for it to be longer. So instead of one day, it might be little bits asynchronous and synchronous over the course of say a week. But I do think the result is because you are intentional about it. I think the result is much more inclusive for people who may like to have a bit of time to think about things or like to have some time to write down their thoughts or read through something and like ruminate on it a bit. And so I think that's a theme that's been coming up that it is remote can be harder, but when you get remote right, it's more inclusive and it's actually better for everyone. I love that. I think that sounds like it's steering us towards a better world eventually. Mm-hmm. With that said, let's go back to you specifically, because you sound like you're very intentional about the time that you have, about making sure that work has its place and then family or or fun has its place how do you decide when you have perhaps too many meetings and uh, 
you need to skip a meeting? Do you ever do that or do you always reschedule? What are some of your go-to tips for, for making sure that the time is well spent on your end? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it comes back to feeling agency over your schedule. Like someone scheduled a meeting, I think on Tuesday, that was five to six because it was a lot of the, the, the company leadership and that was the only time that was available. And I was just like, my kids are going to be home at five. I need to make them dinner. Like I can't, I can't make this, but it's, it was like a brainstorm thing. I was like, could you put together a doc and then I'll add my thoughts to it. And it actually got moved because apparently everyone was feeling tired and didn't want to have a five to six meeting anyways. Um, so I think feeling like knowing that you can do that and not feeling like, oh, people are going to think I'm not all in in this company, right? Because really by doing that, you're modeling to other people on your team that they can have agency over their calendar. You don't want a team of people who are like, oh, I don't have any focus time. Well, do something about it, right? Like do something either as a team or do something as individuals to move your one-on-ones around. That's one example of like a time when I feel like I... I just can't make this meeting. And I think that's, uh, that's, I mean, kids are a, a very handy excuse, but I mean, even if you didn't have kids just saying like, Hey, I'm, I think by five on that day, I'm going to be pretty depleted. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to have the energy to do like creative brainstorming, I think is a perfectly valid reason. Right. So with this agency, I want to say stuff, but it's not stuff. But the the, the whole agency point, mm-hmm. do you have that as a company value? Or is that something that you you stand for, for yourself and your agenda? Or do you propose that to the engineers even? You kind of touched on this, so that's why I'm making guesses here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like written down as a, maybe it is, I actually don't know. It might be written down somewhere, but I, I, I think company values, whatever is written down, it's really what is, you know, what is actually happening and what's rewarded and what's incentivized. But yeah, I think for sure, like getting people to feel like they have, there are things they're in control of, whether that's making decisions about code or their their calendar, I think that's super important because I mean, as a manager, I don't have the bandwidth to go like investigate everyone's schedules and be like, hey, did you know you can move this meeting? And like you both have, you know, I don't have the time to do that. And it's right, like I'd rather everyone, I mean, it makes my job easier, right? For people to be like, I have control over my schedule. This is what I need. Can we move this one-on-one? And if it works for me, great. Like I'm not going to go and try to optimize everyone's schedules, right? And so I just feel like it makes it easier if people know that they can do that. Okay. So everyone is free to optimize their schedule and they're allowed to say no to some meeting requests or or say, you know, can we reschedule this? Or at least this? speak up, right? right? Speak up with their preferences. And yeah, it's not like, oh, I can't do... And there's very few situations where it's like... Because I think then people are like, well, what if one person... And what one person wants and what this other person wants, they're mutually exclusive. Like then what happens, right? People like engineers always love to like- such engineering. Yeah, like then what? Like who's going to win? Like is the person with like more power? And like, yeah, people are going to be accommodating, but at the very least, like 
say your preferences, right? I think a lot of people don't even do that when it's related to like meetings on your calendar. Right. We were trying to reschedule some things and we were going to move one of our meetings a half hour earlier. And someone on the team sent us an email and was like, time is a bit of a challenge because I have my morning routine where I work out and have breakfast. And then I come to this meeting and sometimes I'm still kind of like eating breakfast. And so this would be really challenging for me. And we're like, great. Like, I'm glad you said something because like, I mean, especially in a pandemic, right? If you have that like work, <laughs> if you're working out every day and having breakfast, like that's probably pretty important to you and to speak up and say like, that's really important to me. So if, and he, he wasn't like, I can't do this at all. But like, it was more like, I just want you to know it would be really challenging. And maybe sometimes I would be late. So right. So be yeah. solution oriented, as opposed yeah. to problem oriented. Right. Amazing. I, I think we touched on a lot of things. We talked about remote meetings as opposed to offline gatherings and meetings. And we we kind of talked through the challenges that you have faced and, and what we have all faced pretty much. And um, mm-hmm. you mentioned some of the tools that you use and some of the ways that it seems like you really make your meetings fun. And um, mm-hmm. my takeaway is kind of, and, you know, you can always correct me if this is wrong or you didn't intend that. But but my takeaway is kind of that how people adhere to meetings or how they manage their time is really like a precursor to the larger kind of how do you manage your work kind of situation, mm-hmm. which I think is, is really interesting. So, yeah, so we, we basically touched on a lot of things. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? I'll share. <laughs> this is kind of silly, but I mean, it's really fun to play drawing games with your coworkers. I mean, or just any silly online games because it's like a thing for you to do. It's very structured and you end up laughing with your coworkers. And I think that's so important to have moments of joy. And like, I mean, it's, it's kind of twofold, right? It's team connectedness. And it's like stress release. There's just so much going on right now that like the most I've laughed, I think this whole year is playing like ridiculous drawing games and laughing at like how awful my drawings are and no one can guess what they are. So I know it sounds silly. It may feel like awkward if that's not something, even the icebreakers, right? If it's something that you're not doing with your team, it can feel really um, awkward to, to be the person to be like, hey, let's try this. Let's try answering these like weird questions, right? You want you don't want to be like the weirdo and like people are like, well, that was weird. But like I guarantee like doing it and then you get you kind of get over that awkward hump and then it's it's just fun. Like it's it's I think it's such a good practice. And we've heard people say like that's something that at first was a bit awkward, but they stuck with it and now it's just such a core part of their remote work. Awesomeness. So implicitly, we are encouraging everyone to be that weird person who says, <laughs> okay, let's do like an online yeah. drawing game. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And I think it, uh, framing it as experiments, right? Like, hey, I want to do this thing. I heard it was really cool. Like, does anyone want to want to try it out? And yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Where can our listeners follow your work? How can they perhaps get in touch with you? read stuff, listen to stuff. 
Mm -hmm. I'm pretty active on Twitter. My handle is JYHSU. We also started a community recently for engineering leaders who want to make the workplaces of tomorrow better than the ones they are today. And um, I can share a link for that too. It's called Lead Time. Thank you so much. And I also suggest to everyone to check out the icebreaker questions that I mentioned because that will kind of get you into this fun rabbit hole of uh, what Range <laughs> has to offer. Great. Excelente. Thank you for, for spending time yeah, with me today. Thank you so much. This is so fun. I'm glad to hear that. I also would like to encourage our listeners to follow you on Twitter, follow Level Up Engineering on Twitter and share comments or feedback. Um, we have a YouTube channel, share your comments there, send us questions if you have any, whatever you feel like doing. I would hope that if you share your comments or feedback, that it will be constructive. And um, <laughs> I would like to really thank our listeners because they've been really active and sharing, mm -hmm. sharing a lot of really great insights and topics to discover. Thank you for coming on the show. Dearest listeners, my guest today was Jean Sue. She's the VP of Engineering at Range. And we talked about managing time, remote time, meetings, and just being in this online world and staying connected to each other. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dearest listeners, I am Karolina Tot, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.